0: Um, I just want to talk to you about a little bit about who we are and uh, just to invite you over to the Oxford Vineyard House, let you in and see what makes us tick a little bit. And I think that's really, really important. Um, sometimes we can put on facades and try to look one way, but what's really going on inside of us, of me and of of church here, and, and what is this family, this church family we call the Oxford Vineyard, what is it all about? Um, so that's what I want to do today. Before we start, where's, is, where's Pam? Oh, Pam's over there. I want to pick on Pam a little bit. Just, uh, I love Pam. I, I just felt like the Lord had a word for you, so just step in. And, but uh, I, I feel like that uh, we're going to talk about honor today, And um, as I was just praying before church, the Lord just highlighted me to you, and I just felt like that um, He is grateful for how you honored your Father and all that you have done for Him. And I feel like the Lord, there's a special blessing that's coming your way for the seeds of honoring that you have done for your Father, and I I see that in the future. So I just want to bless that. Lord, I just thank you. For John and Pam, and Lord, release prosperity, release blessing, release uh, your goodness and mercy further upon them. God, I thank you uh, for the legacy of Pam's father, and that he has left, and we are so thankful for him, and that we just, he's a part of us, he's a part of the body of Christ, and he's alive more than ever before, and we just rejoice in him and his life, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So, um, let's see, let me get a little inventory. We got Oliver and Elena back in the back with Desi. Good, that's good. They're drawing some. That's great. They're listening. That's how they listen back there. They're listening over there. That's good. Um, I want to talk about them a little bit. Ava's not here today. Ava didn't make it. That's all right. We love Ava. Yeah, so I was talking about, like, you you know, just inviting someone over to your house. Like, if I would go over to Desi's house, for example, if I went over to Desi's house, right? If I went over to Van Houten's house and I went into Desi's room, I would learn a lot about who Desi is and how does she spend her time. And, you know, I know know from talking with Desi a little bit and then talking to the Van Houtens and we got to go and they invited us over to their house. We had this, like, big old... um, meal and everything. It was, pretty, it was pretty fun. But I learned that she loves to write stories. You know what I mean? Like that's something that's like on her heart. You know what I mean? And it's something that she spends a lot of her time doing and probably thinking about and all that kind of stuff. And that's a core value to Desi. And uh, that's awesome. That's about who, who she is. And um, that's what core values are. It's really, it's what makes us tick. It's the DNA of how God made us and shaped us and formed us. And there's a DNA of this of this church family, and who we are, and, um, and of, you know, when God put this dream of planting a church into Kim and I's hearts, and let me just tell you that we had no plans of doing this, but when he did it, there was things, there was DNA that he, he showed us about what this church is all supposed to be about, and how we're supposed to transform the community of the Oxford community. And so, I'll, I just want to kind of have just that kind of relational discussion with you about, about that um, and just kind of intimately share with you some things uh, which, I, w- that, which we call, call our core values. And um, there's a guy that I love. He actually has passed away, but he was a pastor named Jack Frost. He, uh, he had a word for intimacy. He called it into me see. I love that, right? Wow. Intimacy is into me see. I'm allowing you to look in to who I am and what makes me tick and and what I'm thinking about and different things and sharing you my my heart and my identity. So I want to take a moment to do that today. So our core values are what we call the guidelines and this is actually a quote from our website. For carrying out our mission, everything we do and every decision we make gets filtered through these core values. We like to look at them as things that make us who we are. It's it's our DNA, right? So that's what we're going to be talking about. Is some of these core values. So every decision that we make, you should see our core values in everything that we do, everything that we're about, right? And, and one of the things I want to confess is we're not perfect in this. Some of these are, you know what I mean? But honestly, this is our desire and these are our passions as we, as we move forward in terms of doing church and, and bringing the kingdom. So let's just take a moment. I'm not going to dive into these, but I think it's important. It says that our core values are critical in terms of fulfilling our mission, so what's our mission? What's our vision here? Right? What are we about? Um, our vision statement is transforming the Oxford community with the kingdom of heaven to fulfill its prophetic destiny to produce kingdom leaders to the nations. That's a big statement, but we're looking for this transformation of this community. right? And I'll hopefully we're not satisfied. This isn't just gather together in our little huddle, and let's just make sure everyone's a little safe and sound. No, there's, I, the vision here is, is that we're transforming our community with the kingdom of heaven. We're, we, each of us has a kingdom assignment. Each of us has a kingdom assignment, and that is the transformation of this community for the kingdom of God. How are we going to do this? This is our mission statement. It's discipling a church, an ecclesia. We, an ecclesia basically when you think of church, you think of a building, right? Everyone goes, this is the church. This isn't the church. You're the church. I'm the church, right? And the word that the Bible uses is not a building. It's, it's, it's the word ecclesia, which actually means an influencing people, a people that transforms society from the inside out. That's what the ecclesia was, and it's actually borrowed from, it's a Greek term. Uh-oh, that's a problem. Oh. Please text me. I'm in the me- middle of a message. That's funny. Turn your everyone. Turn your ringers off right now, <laughs> including me. Oh gosh, that's fun. That's good. Um, yeah, I have, I have a couple notes on my phone. That's why I had it up here. So discipling a church and ecclesia of passionate lovers of Jesus to walk daily in the power and presence and love of the Holy Spirit, destroying the works of the devil by doing the same miraculous works Jesus did, and to advance His kingdom and his culture. I love that. Advancing his kingdom and his culture on earth as it is in heaven. This is the, this is the heavenly assignment, actually, right right there, throughout the Oxford community. All right? We're called and we're assigned to impact this community for the kingdom of God. Now, one thing I just want to, I'm not going to go into that, because we could dive into in that and talk about that a lot, but one of the things I want to share with you is I'm not satisfied in my spirit. So that's a, that's a grand vision mission statement. I'm not satisfied that that we have the full picture of how we're actually supposed to execute that. All right? And so I'll, I want to ask you to pray into that. We need new strategies from the Holy Spirit of how do we walk that out? How do we live that out? I'm going to share this. I'll, I'm going to say it now because it's worth the double uh, emphasizing it twice. I believe part of the keys to fulfilling this is when each one of us walks out our full identity, and lives authentically. We're going to talk about living authentically in terms of who we are and who God made us to be. And when each of us starts walking in our authentic identity in terms of gifting, in terms of talents, in terms of skill, in terms of not hiding any longer, but living openly and authentically like Jesus did in the earth, then we'll start seeing that come true. So I think that's part of the change, and I'm I'm there. Because I'll just tell you, I have my ways of hiding <laughs> of who I really am, and I want to talk to you more. So that's a, So the key is, is that our core values is the key in how we live out and fulfill our vision and mission. So really what we want to talk about is our co- core values, and today I want to talk to you about our fir- one of our primary core values, which is, they're all critical, but this is huge and foundational, is the, a culture of honor. Having and maintaining and building a culture of honor. And this is very relevant, I think, t- in today and what's happening in our society and all the things that are going on is that we, the church, need to rise up, right, and not only live culture of honor here, but as we do it here, then take that out sure. and, and on, learning to honor all of those who bear the image of God, right, which is every single person on this planet. I, um, who here has been a part of a church where there, let me ask you this way, who here has been a part of the church where there was no conflict? Yeah, no, who here has been a part of some, let let me, let me, let me scale this. I would say major conflict, church conflict and issues going on. Who's been a part of that? Yeah, that's Painful. I don't know I've been a part of- th- this is my third church. I was we were in South Carolina and then we came here and we were a part of the New Life Vineyard and it, all, all I've been a part of issues and you know what I mean, like people attacking the pastor and you know what I mean and you know he's doing this wrong, he's doing that wrong, he's not saying this right, he you know, blah, I mean it's just you know I, I don't know,' it's, it's, it's rough. man, it's draining, right? And a lot of that is because, I think for a number of reasons why, but one was living by core values, and two, a big part of that specifically is having and maintaining and emphasizing a culture of honor, right, where we can differ in how we think and how we approach things, but we still value and honor the person next to us, Amen. and that's very, very important, and that's one of the things that we want to maintain here and strive to, to, to pursue is this culture of honor. Paul talks to us about this in Romans chapter 12. Maybe it would be better if I just put this back up here. You guys, that way I don't have to turn all the time. I don't like having the podium. I can just walk around it. So in the, in the Passion Translation, if you want to turn with me or it's up on the screen here, 9 through 11, it says this, let the inner movement, this is awesome, I love this scripture, it's so good. Let the inner movement of your heart Always be to love one another. And never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Ooh, I love that language. Beautiful. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. So I want to kind of like give you some uh, really three or four aspects here of of culture of honor. Um, And a lot of this actually can be found on our website. Uh, We've kind of documented some details of what this actually means and what do we... What are we going after when we're trying to build this culture of honor internally? But the first thing that I want to emphasize to you, if you're taking notes back there, Elena, you taking notes? Okay, thank you. Is relationship before ministry, all right? Relationships before ministry. This is what gets churches a lot, all right? This is what gets churches because we're so in this realm of building something of like doing something, and of gathering, and what do we want? We want more people, we want more people, and I mean, we we get these ideals of what church should be like, all right, and I'm, let me just say, I would love for this place to be doubled and tripled in a year, I mean, I'm not, don't, don't get me, don't, what is it, what's Parker say? Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, that's what, Parker, bless you, I love you, brother. Um, Parker and Bree can't be here today, they're Tending to Bree's father who passed away. So, and that all the details there. So we miss them. But um, anyways, don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay? But, it, you know, ministry can never become before relationship. Otherwise, I'm using you, Lisa, to accomplish my goal. And that's not what the kingdom of heaven is all about. It's about relationships first. Before we ever do any ministry or any task... Or anything, right? The kingdom is about relationship. Jesus died on the cross for what? For, the, for relationship. To restore relationship. It was so, we were so valuable from a relational perspective in his mind that he was worth suffering and dying for. And we have to have that same mindset. And that's where the culture of honor begins is we put relationship together in front of ministry and tasks and things like that. That's so, so, so very important. I, uh, I've been challenged on this um, in, in a number of different situations, and I fall back to it. There was somebody that we, were, we had a task when we were moving into this church. We had a thing that we were ch- going to do, and honestly, we were struggling to kind of see eye, eye to eye on it. And, and you know what? I just stopped and I said, well, wait a minute. What's the most important thing here? Amen. Is it this getting this task done, or maintaining a strong bond and relationship with this person? And so I sat him down and I said, you know what? I, I feel like there's a little tension between us. I just want you to know your relationship is more important to me than any task. Yes. Right? And that's that's where it's at, okay? And that's where that's where life begins, and that where that's where kingdom activity begins. Is that? You know, we have to have relationship with each other, and we have to put relationships first, relationships first. Our, um, uh, our tagline for this is, uh, we have taglines for each one of our, cult, uh, uh, our core values. It's putting authentic relationships first. I love that. Putting authentic relationships first. And that's what we do here. Our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Is so critical, and we want to put those relationships first. That's a part of building a culture of honor. The second aspect of culture of honor is authenticity, not religion. Authenticity, okay? We want authenticity, not religion. I love that word. That that word's just been kind of beating on my heart, beating on my heart about being authentic. Being authentic. Oliver, have you ever? Um, is Oliver Oliver's? Ba- have you ever like? Have you ever seen those like things that are uh, they put on the table where they got the fruit baskets? You know what I'm saying. In the basket, of, have you ever gone up to one of those and like grabbed it and realized, oh my gosh, this isn't even real? Have you ever like picked it? Have you ever done that? Well, Maria did this one time in our house. This is a true story. We had the basket out there. Maria picked it up and took a bite out of it, and it was made of, like, f- white foam. <laughs> it was made of white foam, and it, uh, we still have the apple in our house. It's still got the bite in it. It's like sitting in the little fruit basket. It's so funny. But, you know what I mean? That, that, that's what it's like, you know what I mean? When, when we, you know, we think that there's value. It looks like it, on the outside, it looks like it has value, but when we really touch it and feel it, we realize, oh, this, there's no value in it. See, the flip side of that is actually true here. That analogy works, but it doesn't work for you. Because for you, you are the authentic, but a lot of times we're painted on our outside. It looks like what? We don't have any value. Or we're not showing our true self and the true value of the kingdom. Or we're not living out who we really are, which is kingdom citizens in the kingdom of God. Sons and daughters of the Most High God, the one that Jesus died on the cross for. So it's flip-flopped, right? We're not the fake. We're actually the authentic, but we're living fake lives. We're wearing masks, looking like something that we're not really. And listen, John Richter is like, the, if there's anybody that in this room that is like a problem or has issues with this, it's me. So I get it. I understand. But it doesn't make it right. <laughs> it doesn't make it okay. Jesus modeled authenticity. He died on the cross so we can be free from religion and rules and regulations. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He purchased for us so that we can be free in terms of who we really are. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. It's about having a relationship with Him and realizing who we are in Him. Isn't that awesome? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, the, the sum, uh, Jesus said all the law and the prophets can be summed up in this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. There goes all the regulations right there. It's all about loving God and loving others. So here in this house, we, per- we pursue and we go after authenticity. It says here on our website, we uphold the OV code of honor, which I actually want to read to you here. I'm going to read that in just a moment. And strive to be a people who have transparent and authentic relationships with one another. Think about that. Transparent and authentic relationships with one another. Avoiding gossip and making peace with all people whenever possible. We refuse to bow to religious idols or preconceived notions about what it means to follow Jesus, including unbiblical restrictions on the way we dress or the style of worship or the way we conduct our lives. Right? That's what religion is. And we're in relationship, and we let love rule our lives. And we live authentically. We live authentically for Jesus. That's what we're called to do. Am I living an authentic life? Are you living authentically and i'm just going to tell you that i'm i'm, I'm struggling in that i struggle in that like I'll, let me give you a quick example i was like on the golf course the other day when i get when i'm on the golf course what mask am i wearing? I'm wearing that competitive mask right i'm like got i mean i'm in the zone i'm you know and i'm not very good but i'm still in the zone you know what i'm saying and so i got the mask on i got this competitive mask on i'm going after it and i'm with the you know my friends are, you know, the guys, and we're playing most of the time, and it was my dad and Wally. Wally. Wally's not here right now. Wally and my dad and my brother, and real competitive with my brother and all this kind of stuff. So I got the competitive mask on, and uh, this guy walks up, and uh, he was a special person, and I, uh, he started talking to my dad, and, and I was like, I got to take, take this mask off. And I got to be real because he's walking with a limp and I have something inside of me that could actually change that situation. Am I going to leave this competitive mask on? Or I'm going to take it off and be authentically who I'm called and made to be. And so I took the, the mask on. It took, it took like five seconds. Hey, can I pray for you? I see you got a limp. Sure. I said, I, should, I do short prayers, 10-second prayers. I know all my examples are always praying for people in public. I get it. You guys are like, man, John, just get over it already. That's not the point, okay? It's not about, that's not what I'm trying to, uh, what I'm talking about is being authentically you in every circumstance. In every situation, when you walk, wherever you go, right, think about it. I would challenge you that you're probably living only authentically maybe 50% of the time. Think about it for a moment. Stop and think about how authentic you really are. Let me ask you this, how authentic are, your, are you with the person next to you in terms of what's going on right here? How authentically are you living? Are you trying to live in your own strength? That's where John Richter goes. I go, hey, I can do this on my own. I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you, I don't need you. Lie, 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 lie. Amen, brother. Right? We're in the body of Christ. We're called to function and work together, right? That means that I can share my feelings and you don't think it, you know less of me or more of me. You just, it is what it is. It's okay because it's where you're at and what you're going through. It's called transparency and it's why Jesus died on the cross because it's not about perfection any longer. It's about relationship. So we need... Paul said it this way. He said, never play a role of an actor wearing a mask. Take off the mask. And we need to live authentically before him. The third, the third thing about this scripture verse and about building this culture of honor is that every image bearer is due honor. And I like that. I, every person is due honor. But I want us to think about it in the context of every person is an image bearer of God. They bear the image and the reflection of the nature and the character of the creator of the entire universe. every person that walks this planet, I don't care who they are, I don't care what they look like they're an image bearer of Almighty God I almost fell off the platform. That was fun. that would have been that would have been rather fumish that would have been, yeah that would have been hilarious right? I'm sorry I, I spared you the humorous moment paul says this try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of another try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another it says we uphold this is from our website we uphold the od ov code of honor which i want to read a few things from and strive to be people who have, who have transparent and authentic relationships with one another, avoiding gossip and making peace with all people whenever possible. God created humankind in his image and likeness. Therefore, we desire to honor that image and likeness in every person, regardless of race, of sex, of age or ability, friend or stranger, Christ follower or not. Let me read a few things about, how are we doing? We're doing pretty good. This is what it says in our code of honor. I, I meant to print this off, and I will, we'll have some for next week. Honor is built on trust. We must learn to trust that each of us has our best interest in mind. We must learn to trust others with our feelings and our hearts and our thoughts. We long to be trustworthy and to value and cherish the trust others give us. If one person is successful, we are all successful. We celebrate, we choose to celebrate each other's victories. And what that means, what that looks like is this, is when when I hear about 10 people getting saved at Cobblestone, then I get excited. And we get excited. And when I hear about something great, a move of God that's happening at OVF, I get excited. Because this is about the kingdom, and it's not about this church, and it's not about me, and it's not any of that. Because it's, we're all working together to do one thing, to bring heaven to earth. Amen. That's what honor is all about. We respect confidentiality of what others share with us. Gossip is never an option. We uphold transparency and vulnerability when relating to each other. Hiding from others is a consequence of sin, but since we have been redeemed, there is no need to hide. We are secure in father's love we do not hold grudges but choose to confront others with in love with issues where we've been hurt we recognize that any issue between two or more parties must be identified as such and work together to overcome it we take responsibility for our decisions with truth and integrity rather than shifting blame on circumstances or people And we are love centered we love and honor others regardless of whether uh, whether that's returned to us amen i didn't get to read them all but that's just a taste of what our code of honor is all about and maintaining that atmosphere of honor here i, I like to see uh, i the the analogy that i like is is it's about setting the table right the kids are back there and they're working on the t- on the table right when we have family meal right when th- when we have family meal at the um, i'm gonna pick on the van houtens again i'm sorry because you guys got a nice big family, right? So everyone has a role when you're setting the table, right? And, oh, I can pick on Lynn. Lynn. Lynn, Lynn, oh, the Marsmans. When you guys set the table, listen, when you guys are getting ready to have a family meal and you guys set the table, does, does I know the answer to this, does Theo have the same seat as you guys? No, he has a little, does he have a little bump-up chair or a special t- chair for them? Right, right? It's just different. Right? What are we trying to do? Because we know he's, he's at a stage of his life, he needs a little special seat. Right, You're setting the table so that everyone can be involved. We're setting the table, right, and that's what honor is. It's setting the table so that everyone feels valued, everyone feels a part, everyone feels involved, and like they're significant, and that we want them to be a part of that activity when we have church together it's about setting the table so that everyone can be a part of this experience whether it's children being a part right whether it doesn't matter the age it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter the sex it doesn't matter any of that stuff right race is a big hot topic right now we got to learn how to set the table for everybody That's right. Amen. the kingdom is about everybody god's inviting everybody into the kingdom and we need to learn to set the table. Now, let's, I'm going to be honest with you. We were just talking about it. We have not here, in my heart, I long for the children to, to experience the fullness of the kingdom. But let's just be honest. We haven't set the table. My mind has been on the, upper, the older class and not on the younger class. And I'm, I'm just turning away from that right now. I'm just saying, I'm sorry, Lord. I haven't set the table well so that the kids can experience the fullness of your kingdom. And I don't want that anymore. Now, one of the things that is really important, there's a person that's a part of our community here that's really, really special to me. His name's Joel Boldock. And I love this guy, right? And every Christmas, we we call him up here, and he leads us in, in carols, and sometimes we give him the microphone every once in a while, right? And he's a part of us, and he's a special person. Some people call them special needs, right? We have spe- I call them, he has special abilities, right? Special talents that are a lot different than us. We have to set the table for them, and we have to be comfortable with that. And let me just say, if there's people that are here that are, have a problem with that, and I'm not saying it's anybody here, but then you need to go find a different church. <laughs> I don't mean that harsh. I just mean that everyone has a place at this table. Everyone has to have a place at this table. Honor is, is easy peasy, like honoring John Bertram is easy peasy, man. He thinks like me, he acts like me, he's an engineer, you know what I mean? He loves gardening. I mean, that's easy peasy. I mean, I, I, I think the world of him, but it's easy, right? It's so easy. Honor is not really honor until it's challenged. Think of all the honoring services, all this honoring stories in the Bible. Are they the ones where there was agreement or was there a disagreement? How about David honoring Saul when Saul was trying to cut his head off, and he refused to kill the king because he said, "How be, How dare I think that I'm going to even raise a finger against King David or King Saul? Excuse me, the King of Israel." How about Daniel and the Lion's Den? We were talking about Wilson. What a beautiful story, and how he comes out of the lion's den after the king just threw him in there. And this is a bad, evil king that was crucifying people. He says, Long live the king. He gave honor when it was challenged. Honor can can honor diversity in thinking and different thoughts and different opinions, and the relevancy is right now because we're going into a political atmosphere, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to get crazy, right? It's going to be nuts, and there's opinion on on both sides of it, and what we have to learn to do is honor people. We have to honor people because at the end of the day, it's literally, it's, it's opinions, right? It's opinions, and I understand the word, and I get it, and a lot of our opinions, right? I have opinions on it. You have opinions on it. But how do we honor people in the middle of the, of the political tensions when there's diversity of thinking, right? That's t- among us. Honor is also about honoring other churches and other believers. Other churches and other believers. We're going to talk about more when we talk about our, our other value called kingdom vision. But one of our values is unity in the body of Christ. And it's, we say it this way we long for unity. In the body of Christ, in the city of Oxford, and around the world. We are committed to working with other Christian churches and parachurch ministries to transform the city of Oxford. We do this in the face of theological or stylistic differences in order to honor one another, blessing and partnering with the unique assignment each of us has from God. Amen. So, honoring is honoring churches. And believers around us we don't think and act right the same it, i'm not talking about listen I'm not, I'm not talking about compromising i'm not talking about compromising our theology i'm not talking about that at all i ain't gonna budge on holy spirit I ain't gonna budge on the gifts and the power of god because i've seen it and I how can i i mean i would be lying to you if i would if it would say god doesn't heal i mean that would be like that's <laughs> i've seen it right in front of my very eyes I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again, right? I'm not talking about compromising. I'm talking about honoring and loving and valuing the Jesus in that person, right? And just because I understand something and someone doesn't, doesn't mean I have to look down on them. It actually says that I'm supposed to exalt them and serve them and love them, right? That's what brings unity. Let's not focus on what we believe differently. Let's focus on what we believe the same. Amen. That's what John Wimber taught us to do. He says, what, 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 we're always focused on our differences. Well, you baptize this way and I baptize. what? Let's just talk about what do you, you love Jesus. I love Jesus. Let's get along, <laughs> right? Let's love Jesus together, right? That's what unity in the body of Christ looks like. Now, let me just tell you about brothers and sisters. So this is a reality, and this is what I've experienced, right? You know, they might not like me because I pray in tongues or I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But where are they going to run when they're, (laughs) who do they call? Ghostbusters? (laughs) No, I'm serious. When you're, listen to me for a second. When you live authentically, when you live authentically, right? They might not like you exactly, but when they get in a jam and they get in a struggle, who are they going to ask to pray? Who are they going to reach out to? exactly you you right those are the people they're going to call so let's stand up let's stand up it's time for worship time for worship i've been talking too much <laughs> talking too much worship I'm excited about worship today. I got. I see. I come here early. I get a little sneak peek of what what's going, what we're going to have today. What's at the t- What are they? What kind of f- bread are they serving? You know what I mean? I mean, I get excited. I was like, man, that's some good bread right there. I'm about to eat some good bread. They're they're going to serve up some good bread for worship. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, Lord, we just worship you. Yeah, just put, extend your hands out. Let's just. Shut your eyes, and let's just prepare our hearts. God, we give you this worship, Lord. We want to worship you with all that we are, to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. God, we're nothing without you. God, you have, you died for us, Lord Jesus, and we want to remember that right now. We want to worship you for, for all that you are, for the greatness of who you are. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm excited about what He's wanting to do. I'm just so excited about what Holy Spirit's doing here. There's things breaking off of people with respect to this mask thing. I just I feel that the Holy Spirit is setting you free to be you. And invite you into worship in any way that the lord puts in your heart whatever that looks like for you if it's flags if it's dancing if it's whatever you feel in your heart i just want to encourage you to step into that this is a place of freedom and god loves us he loves our worship so lord we just want to enter in to authentic worship in terms of who you are in Jesus' name.